0: Good morning, morning. how are you? I got something particularly good this morning, specifically, you're going to like it, amen? Amen. Turn real quick to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis, if there's a second, I'm going to let you take it up between you and God. All right, wow, that thing is really tall today. All right, so Genesis chapter 12, here's what's happening. We're getting an introduction into Abraham. We're starting to learn who Abraham is, and uh, we see that in Genesis 11, his father, Terah, actually started going towards the promised land. But then he reached a place called Ur, and he settled there. Not a good move. All right, so (laughs) then in Genesis chapter 12, Abram comes in, and it says in verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. I always like, you know, seeing, listen, Abram didn't know where he was going. (laughs) He just was told to go. So we do not have to have all the details before we move. And I, he says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed So verse 4, so Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Smart, smart kid. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. All right, so uh, here Abram got the first mention of a promise, the first mention of a covenant between God and him. Now, what I want to do is let's skip on over now to chapter 15. In verse 1. Now, what did he say? He said that he would go and be blessed and prosper and that his descendants would be blessed, right? But Abram, at this point, he had no children. He had, he had no children of his own. So that's kind of an odd statement for God to make. And then you come over here to uh, verse 15. Uh, Abram had just gone and saved Lot he had defeated the five kings uh, and all he had done was gathered up the men and servants and went and beat five kings right that's the favor of God on them then he meets the Melchizedek the high priest of God at that time and uh, he gave he tied to Melchizedek Melchizedek blessed him and then we enter into uh, chapter 15 and it says And these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, now listen to this. What will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. If that's not right, I'll apologize to you in heaven, Eliezer. All right. And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir. This man that you think is going to be your heir, Abram, he will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars, and if you are able to count them and he said to, to Abram God said to Abram so shall your descendants be so shall your descendants be in other words your descendants are going to be as as big the amount the quantity is going to be as many as the stars if you could even count them now we know today that the stars there are billions of galaxies billions of galaxies and in those galaxies there are billions of stars in each one so what are we talking about here we're talking about a lot a lot of descendants of abraham but he doesn't even have a kid yet then here it goes he said so shall your descendants be then he believed in the lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Now, if you go back in chapter twelve, you'll see that that first promise of descendants, Abram was twenty-five years. Twenty-five. He was seventy-five years old at that point. It was twenty-five years till Isaac got from that point till Isaac. But you see that he was seventy-five. All right. So now, here he is. God's making him a promise. Now he's defined it a little bit more. He's, and then if you go on in uh, chapter 15, God makes a covenant with Abram. God makes covenant. It, uh, this is one of my favorite chapters. Uh, what's great about it and what I like about it so much is that uh, God says, Look, I'm going to do all these things. But he puts Abram in a deep sleep so that Abram can't walk through the same covenant because in covenant terms, if you walk through and you make covenant, you cut covenant with somebody and then you break that covenant, you are, you are your life is on the line. In other words, God said, I'm gonna, this is so good. God said, I'm gonna make covenant with you and I'm not holding you accountable for anything. Well, It's the beauty, it's the heart of God. So I like chapter 15. Now let's go to chapter 17. I would really like to hang out in 15 and talk more about that. But that's all right. We're moving on. That's not the point today. Chapter 17. Now, this is, it starts right off by saying when Abram was 99 years old. Do you notice right here that God is still, he's still called Abram. 24 years later, he's still called Abram. Okay? Okay. He didn't say call yourself Abraham at the beginning. This is 24 years later. He's still called Abram. This is important in a second. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him when he was 99, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly now by this time Abram had already gone out and messed up and he had Ishmael right and uh, he had had tried to take it on himself to make the promise of God happen he didn't have he didn't have that uh, word yet he didn't have that Ramah word yet that that it was going to happen that way he tried to step in and do it his way and he got Ishmael now Ishmael was blessed because he was attached to Abram but it wasn't, that wasn't who God was talking about. God was talking about Isaac that would come uh, when Abram was a hundred, okay? So right here, it's really interesting, and I'm going to read through this chapter, and just, just read with me because I think you'll find that it's important. So it says, I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. The, the title of this, this morning is Moving Into Covenant. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall your name shall be Abraham, which means father of many nations. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Now I want you to see something. Twenty-four years he's been believing in the promise of God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. But now in this year, God changes his name. I, I would give this to you. This is a Ramah moment for Abram to go from Abram to Abraham. Now he's got God's word on something. Now he's got God's word. He had just... Uh, uh, was about to rescue a lot here's coming up about within this year he's about to go and not rescue lot but he he talks to the lord about sodom and gomorrah but there's multiple conversations that take but right here now god says he says i made you a promise you've had that promise now for 24 years i've cut covenant for you without you having to do anything i have cut covenant and now i'm giving you something else. I'm giving you a tool. Right now, remember, uh, we've been talking about words of life in that series, and we were talking about the importance of words. The main, the main function of our words is creation first, communication second. If you wanted to, you could say you were communicating with that creation. That's what words are designed for, okay? So here he is. Now God is given Abram a tool. He's putting within him the ability to speak and create life in himself. And he says, do it this way. Call yourself the father of many nations. Now Abraham has something that he has to be obedient to. That he can do. But God had not told him any of, to do anything until right now when he's 99. Now he says, do this. All Abraham has to do is start doing that. Start doing that. All right, so now he says, boom, 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 boom. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be, to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout their generations. Now we know what this covenant, if we're if you're uh, schooled in the word at all, you know what this covenant is. But I want you to look at this a little bit differently. God is saying, keep my covenant. Whatever the covenant is, he's saying, keep it. Keep it. Don't let it go. Keep it. In other words, that puts some responsibility on our part to take action on that covenant and to keep it in the midst of our heart, to keep it on the forefront of our minds. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. So before we get into what the covenant is, notice the heart. God had given Abr- Abram a word something to say and now he's asking him keep my covenant kind of like you remember where it says keep my law in the midst of your heart meditate on my law to Joshua day and night he's saying keep my covenant keep it on your heart keep it in your mind let it motivate you let it move you he says I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God now as for you you shall keep my covenant you and your descendants after you throughout their generations this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you every male among you shall be circumcised now we know that we are not under the law of this anymore that this covenant but there's something very important that I want you to see It says, And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. And a servant who is born in the house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your descendants. In other words, people that are attached to you, people that are in your house, they should keep the covenant they should keep the covenant Now, I know guys we read through this chapter and we're like can we get to another chapter I understand that but we should listen catch this important thing we should keep the covenant we should keep it this goes for guys ladies anybody who's in the house of God or is going to be in the house of God keep the covenant a servant who is born in your house or who is Who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. We should be marked by him and his covenant. We should let the promise and the covenant of God mark us. You're going to understand that more in a minute. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and indeed I will bless you, a son by her, then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face. I love the fact that it's been Abram all the way up till God said it. And instantly the word changes his name to Abraham. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah, who is ninety-nine years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, No, but Sarah your wife will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, but I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. When he finished talking to him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all the servants who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's household and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin that very same day as God had said to him. Now Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And the very same day Abraham was circumcised and Ishmael his son, all the men of his household who were born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. They accepted. He accepted the covenant, and he did something. He marked himself with the covenant of God. Now it's interesting at this moment, because it's at this moment when God gives Abraham something to do that he says, accept my covenant and let yourself be marked with my covenant. And also at that moment, God gives him the tool that he needs to produce the son, to bring about the promise of God. Hear that. When God gives him that covenant, he says, Now, I'm giving you something that you need to be marked by. And as you're obedient to that, he gives them the tool to bring about the promises of God in his life. Then, in chapter 18 and verse 10, he says this. He tells him him when he's coming. He says, I will surely return. He's talking to you, because to Abraham, because he's about to go down to Sodom. And he says, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now I've got a time. I've got a specific time where the promise will come. Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. So what's interesting is as soon as, I want you to notice, this is what I want you to see. This covenant that Abraham accepted and allowed himself to be marked by, as soon as that occurred, things started changing. Before that, God was upholding his promise. God was upholding his covenant. I mean, Abraham was blessed and and highly favored and rich. And Lot was blessed because of him. It was before this that Lot said, look, I'll take all this land. And then God said to Abraham, he said, Abram at that time, he said, everywhere you can see, go walk it. Everywhere you can see, it's yours. But now when Abraham accepts the marking of the covenant, things change in their relationship. Now God is coming to him. He's giving them the tools to bring about the promise. Now he's coming to them and he's telling them the time when the promise. This is interaction. This is partnership. Now all of a sudden he's not just a man blessed by God. Now he's a man in partnership with God. And if you look here in verse 17, it says, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Because he was getting ready to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. In other words, he's saying, "Should, should Should I not tell Abraham? In other words, in the heart of God, Abraham was his covenant man. He was a partner with God. This is who Abraham was, to God. He says, Look, I need to tell Abraham what I'm about to do. That's what partners do. And it came about at the time of Abraham accepting and moving into that covenant. Now, let's go on over to Genesis 21. Then it says in verse 1, Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. In other words, he brought about the promise. Right when he said, "Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, uh, and the, Sarah, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac." Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Man called by God, obedient to go somewhere, to go to a place that he would show. God said, I'm going to bless you. And it, that went on for 24 years. And then God said, I, before that he said, I'll make covenant with you that you don't even have to uphold. But then he came to him at the age of 99 and said, I want you to enter into covenant with me. I want your life to be marked that you're mine and I'm yours. That I'll be your God and you will be my people. He said, I want your life to be marked by this. And as soon as that marking took place, as soon as that covenant took place in Abraham's heart, everything changed. The tools to have the promises of God were given. Partnership with God came. And a future and a hope came through Isaac the next year. He'd been waiting for a long time, but now it came. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. There's something so powerful in this if you will grab a hold of it. Meditate on this message. Go back to it. Listen to it again. Hear things in what I just got finished saying that you didn't hear the first time that you're going to start to hear now. Go back to it. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6. The Lord prophesies here that moreover the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. He prophesies that, hey, there's a time coming. And then now let's go over to Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. 28 says this, it says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. We can be born again, but there's a moment in our life. In other words, we're we're blessed by God. We're blessed, we're blessed, but there's a moment when we reach up to God and say, God, I, I see what you've promised me, and from this moment forward, I want to be marked as yours. Everything I do is for you and about you, and that circumcision is a circumcision of the heart. That's the time in our lives where the tools to receive the promise really start working in our lives. We were blessed before, but now stuff worked for me. This is a time when the promise of God, God gives me those tools, when He really he partners with us. There's a time when the promise of God really starts to take place and manifest in our lives. And it doesn't just happen to us, it happens through us. And it comes when we as a people will say, I'm ready to be marked by God. And the marking of God in this time, in the New Covenant, in this New Testament, is not a circumcision of the foreskin, the circumcision is on our heart. Lord, I'm yours. And everything I do is for you and about you. I'm marked by you. This is who I am. This is what I'm called to be. I'm yours. And we move into the covenant that God has for us. We're marked when we look back at at Deuteronomy 30. We're marked when when he says this. Let me read it to you specifically. Because then Jesus talks about it. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. He will do the marking on you when you decide, in the heart of your descendants, when you decide to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And we will live. See, the, the accepting of the covenant is on your part. He'll do the rest. God will uphold his covenant. His covenant is there and standing. But have you really? See, what this is talking about is, look, my outward circumstances, they don't make the decisions for me anymore. My body, my flesh, it does not make the decisions anymore. I'm allowing God to circumcise my heart and to move me into the place where I love him with everything I have. And with every thought I have, I love him. It's a change. It's a marking. It's an entering into a new time and season in your life. Where, What are we talking about? We're talking about being all in. We're talking about, Lord, I do this all because I love you. And that's the only reason I move. It's the only reason I live. It's because I love you. That's it. That's it. See, a lot of times as Christians, we just, we accept Christ and we walk into some blessings, but we don't experience the fullness of his covenant, the full manifestation of his covenant, because we never allow our hearts to be cut. We never allow our lives to be marked And we don't walk with the tools and the manifestation because love is not the generating power in our life. Our lives, this world is still the generating power. And how can this world generate the promises that we need? It doesn't work. But when we'll hand ourselves over to God and say, Father, I'm yours. I am yours. Everything changes. And we step into the covenant of God. I'm not making decisions because of whatever the world presents to me or the normal to the world. I'm making decisions because of you, for you, through you, by you. I'm making those decisions. I'm giving myself to be cut in the heart, to be circumcised in the heart. And Father, I'm asking you right now, mark me. Strengthen me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and a commandment that's asking us, will we be obedient to it? Will we be obedient to give ourselves to that? A commandment is asking for an answer of obedience, not sacrifice, obedience. And the Lord will say, I will mark you. I will pour out the manifestation of my covenant. I will give you the tools. I will enter into a partnership with you and you will see my promises made manifest. That's what God's saying. Last scripture here. Colossians 2:11. get there Colossians 2 11 let let me back up to verse 9 please Colossians 2 9 for in him in Christ all the fullness of deity of God divine nature dwells in bodily form and in him you have been made complete And he is the head over all rule and authority. Verse 11. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We have to give our flesh over to the Lord to move into the fullness of the covenant and the marking by God. we got to turn it over. It's not about us. It's not about our decisions. It's about him. Having, verse 12, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Will you allow yourself to be marked today from this point forward? Will you give yourself to the fullness of God? Will you say, I love him with all my heart, with all my strength, and with all my might? And it's not just something you say. It's who you are in your heart, in the core of who you are. It's who you are.
1: Lord, I'm all
0: in. Just pray it with me. Just say, Father, today I give myself fully to you. Lord, mark me as yours. Strengthen me to live in the fullness of life, in the fullness of your love, to love you with all my heart, with all my soul and my mind, and with everything I have. Lord, and I receive the full manifestation of your covenant. I receive the tools. I receive your partnership. And I receive the manifestation in this world of all of your promises. Today I move into the fullness of covenant. I'm all in with you. Jesus, you are the Lord. And my why, my reason for living is to love you with everything I have. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, I just ask that you would strengthen everyone here in this message to fulfill their marking, to move into the fullness of that covenant. In the name of Jesus, let it be. Amen, amen. We'll see you in a few minutes. It's going to be a good one.